0: Welcome to the Modern Masculinity Podcast, where we delve into the depths of what it means to be a man in today's world, and we explore the real life challenges and triumphs that you and I face every single day. My name is Hector Santia Esteban, and I come with no answers, only questions for some of the most wise, insightful, and grounded men that I know. So get settled in. You're listening to Modern Masculinity. Fellas, what's going on? I hope this episode finds you well. And as always, I hope this episode leaves you better than when it found you. And I I have a really good idea that today's episode is going to do that. It's with JC Julio Almanza. He's someone who I have come to admire, and his story is fascinating. He he came up on the streets, did a number of years in prison, came out, was a bodybuilder, and had some great success in that field, and then found his real passion and path, helping people to get out of whatever life he was caught up in before. And um, it's a really good conversation and example, again, of what you can do when you choose to make your own path and not just subject yourself to the path of all the people around you. So I'm going to get out of the way, y'all. Enough of me. Let's get into today's episode with JC Julio Almanza. Julio, welcome to the Modern Masculinity Podcast, brother. Thank you for being here. Uh, Thank you for having me, man. I think we're coming up on episode 50 now, and the first question we ask every guest is, what's a real challenge that you're going through as a man? You're a father, a partner, a husband, a provider, a business owner. You wear so many hats. What's real for you right now? I've been through a lot in the past
1: seven years, and I've come home from prison, but One thing that I deal with on a daily basis, man, is struggling with my demons. I have a lot of triggers and anger is the the main root. Anything that happens makes me angry. So I react a certain way that I was trained to react my whole life. So now getting my life together and everything is something that I deal with on a daily basis, man. I have to really think about stuff now instead of just react or just act like the old me. People always ask me, does it go away? And I'm like, I don't think it goes away. I think you just get better at handling that. It. It's just being in the gym. You don't go in there strong. You, you got to start from scratch. And I think it's just something I'm going to deal with for the
0: rest of my life, man. And I welcome the challenge. <laughs> yeah. You have a journey, and I'd love to get into as much as you think is relevant for the guys. Looking back on your experiences, you've been out of prison for seven years. There's probably a few stages of life. Most of the guys that are listening right now are 30-something, maybe 40-something years old. When you look back on the stages of, of manhood, if you will, or the periods of manhood that you went through, like what were those stages for you, and are there any lessons that you still pull back from those experiences and challenges or however you may classify them?
1: This is something that was taught to me by my grandfather, both of my grandfathers. They taught me to be a hard worker, and that's one thing that got me in trouble while I was in the streets, but it's also made me a step further when it comes to being out here in the free world. It doesn't matter what time I got, I had to get up. It doesn't matter how many hours I had to work. I was a hard worker, and when i worked anywhere and this is not even like messing around they would make me the boss in a couple of months because i would advance because i would go in there and just learn and just i don't know i've always been like that even i worked for walmart i started as a night clerk and they made me the manager i started at a street lighting company here in phoenix and six months down the road i was a superintendent So I know that hard work pays off. So that's what I tell a lot of the the younger guys. Just put your head down and work. Like, just work right now that you're young and save up everything. One thing that I didn't do back then that I know now that I would give advice to a 30-year-old would be like, forget about the girls. (laughs) Forget about the party life. Forget about all that stuff. And put your head down and just work. And put everything away because... 10, 20 years down the road, that's still going to be there. It's still going to be there. And I believe now that I see myself, because honestly, bro, I grew up a lot in the past four years. It's when I really grew, but it was because I gave my life to Jesus and everything just changed for me because I had so much anger from Everything that happened to me in my life, my childhood, the street gangs I was involved with, prison, and, and just a lot of demons that I was dealing with. I was an angry dude. And when I turned my whole life around and I started not being mad and I started like seeing things different, even just respecting myself as a man, my body, everything started to change. And that's something I find so interesting now because we're taught as men, I mean, let's be honest, I'm not going to sugarcoat things, to sleep around. That's a real man, a hero, the one that has all the girls and all that stuff. And I see it totally different now. Like I see it, the real hero is the one that's actually with one woman and has one family and goes to work every day and just he's a good man, morals,
0: worth that take
1: If you really want to get real, just the basic stuff back in the day.
0: <laughs> yeah, my dad grew up in the west side of LA and Venice in like the 70s and the 80s, where there was drive-bys on. I remember being born and that was still happening, right? And my dad was very much a part of that. And they did everything they could to keep me out of that. I was in every single sport and I was everything. But I still saw my cousins were involved in it and my dad, friends and neighbors that were involved. And the challenge was is that you have this idea of what a man should be in that culture. And even though I wasn't a part of it, I still adopted that whatever that is, whatever they think a man should be, there's a lot of things that go along with it. And one of them is the way that men treat women, especially a strong woman, right? Like especially the women of today that you see that are succeeding and excelling. And it's, I found in my own thing that a lot of that mindset contributed to a lot of the challenges that I had in my marriage and my relationship. For me, I didn't even see it because I wasn't even aware that programming was running. And so I'm wondering if that was something that you had to do over the last several years of letting go a lot of that programming or letting go a lot of that mindset or whatever that may be an undoing uh, of sorts it's been a lot of uh, reprogramming because i had to learn to love my wife the way
1: that god was teaching me how he was loving me like it's crazy because i was never a bible thumper when i went to prison i never picked up a bible never really went to church or anything so like when i started work walking with god and i started reading scripture and started reading Proverbs, Psalms, and stuff like that. It really started teaching me what love was. And me being with my wife, she was already Christian when she met me. And the way she was treating me, I thought it was like too good to be true. Like I thought it was like a lie. Since there was no chaos, I would try to create it. At at the beginning, I would try to create it because I was so used to it. It was a learning process, ma'am. I thank God that she like never gave up. She's tough. And then she's from New Jersey. There's times that she's talking to me, but she's yelling. But that's just the way that she talks. And I'll be like, wait, who are you yelling at? But I catch myself now. I tell people it's never going to be perfect, but that's why the love is there. That's why like the partnership is there because it's not wham, bam. Thank you, man. It's just we're here and we're going to make this work because you're my partner we're standing firm on that we both have issues we both been through some stuff but we want to be together we're gonna to make it work nobody's gonna to- run out the back door. Like you said, I had to reprogram myself,
0: but it's been going a lot faster than we thought. One of the things that in your, I hate to call it this because I can tell when someone is authentic and when things tend to be fabricated. And I don't want to associate any of this word with making it sound like something it's not. For ease of sake, your persona online is very much about fitness. It's very much about getting your shit together, like almost pulling your shoots up like you don't associate it with this emotionally in touch, emotionally aware, like all the things that we've talked about so far from the outside, someone might go, damn, he's just like a scary beast in the gym. He's all about his fitness. And that's what he's about. Is that something that you still struggle with internally? Do you get that from the outside? Or is that just something that you're so far past that that's not something that you deal with anymore? You know, it's crazy that you asked me that because
1: I struggle with it a lot, but from the outside, when I started going to school, nobody wanted to sit next to me. Everybody would sit at other tables and stuff like that. It impacted me so much that I was crying one day. I called my wife and she's like, what's the matter? Because it happens to me a lot. Even when I'm on the airplane, I'm flying somewhere, nobody will sit next to me until it's like very. Like necessary, or they make them sit next to me. I'm always like, man, I wanna be a nice guy, but I keep getting treated like the bad guy. And it's funny, man, because once people get to know me, they always tell me the same thing. They're always like, you're a little intimidating, JC. You look a little intimidating. But then I'm like, if I judge you, then I'm afraid of white people. So I'm not gonna talk to you either. I've gotten used to it, man. Society is today, it's tomorrow, it's been there, it's always going to be there. And yeah, it affects me, but not to the point where I'm going to
0: go lose sleep over it. I got to imagine that you've dealt with so much, adversity is putting it lightly, but I would imagine so many choices and chances to go one direction, I would imagine made those decisions, you've righted that path, that this seems like something, I'm just putting it from the outside, that you can put in your back pocket and move forward based on the fact that you have gone through so many of those things do you lean on those experiences are they something that you put behind you or like the word that's coming to me is alchemize those experiences into something better which it seems like you're doing like on a day-to-day basis how does that tend to come up
1: i feel good that i feel like emotions behind it now like guilt or i feel bad that i get mad because back in the day i really didn't care I didn't care what you thought about me, but it was all in a bad way. People say, oh, I don't care what people think. And yet, to a certain point, that that is true, but if you didn't, then it wouldn't affect you. And if it wouldn't affect you, you wouldn't have feelings. It comes to say, it's, we go back to, yeah, I think about it, and I'm like, man. But then I'm like, they just missed the best opportunity to, to have a cool friend like J.C., because... I love on people now, man, because I spend so much time hating that now when I I get to be friends with somebody, they really are like, man, they really experience a different me. So I think that's
0: special. I want to move past, you talk so much about your past. I would hate to have you here and not help to give some of the guys the context who are so far removed from something like that. At least those experiences, they're for sure not in vain, but we can use them for good in some degree. And one of the things that comes up a lot on the show is the fact that guys don't have other guys these days that yeah. there's just the brotherhood and the camaraderie and all of that especially with adults and you know you get out of school or you get out of the military whatever it is and that those guys just aren't there anymore you start having kids and you get married and all of a sudden the guys the hang goes away do you feel like when you look back on it, like, is that ever a pull for you? Or is it like, are you able to see the love that was there and and give it its right place and find community elsewhere? I feel like that's something that so many people who are caught up in that they always talk about the love that was there and the love that they didn't get elsewhere. So can you speak to a little bit of that and, and how guys who are maybe struggling might benefit from being around other guys or in community?
1: It's one of the things that I tell everybody that I missed the most from prison was the camaraderie. Going out to the yard together, working out, having that friend that you confined in when you call home and somebody already replaced you. It's something that you cry, you die with these dudes, so you build a relationship that it's unseen out here. It's unseen, but... I've been hosting a little Bible study on Friday nights with a lot of my boys from back in the day that are from my neighborhood. Now it's grown bigger to more guys from everywhere. And it's just a bunch of knuckleheads every Friday night. I wanted to do it every Friday night. Why? Because every Friday night we like to go out. <laughs> so like, I wanted to make it where it was either that or the blue pill. But I think it's very important for a man to be part of a group. If not a fellowship, something where he's around other males. It's the same thing as going to an AA meeting. They have AA meetings that are like strictly males and it's open meetings and you get to share, talk and you realize that it could always be worse. There's somebody out there that has it worse than you. It's almost like therapy, man. I tell people, go to church, go to AA meetings, go to events where you can hang out with
0: other guys so you can see that they're going through the same thing that you're going through. And do you see change, like impact from guys showing up to that sort of Bible study? Have you seen, or are there stories or people coming up to you and and saying that it's making a difference? Oh yeah, man. I think the biggest thing that happened was when I went home and a
1: lot of the guys got to see the new me, they were taken back first. I wasn't swearing no more. And then just the way I was talking and everything, and I started the Bible study and we just had one of our friends, he turned himself in to do, I dick 15 years. But he was, like, so happy to go do that because he, he knew it was going to be a chapter in his life. He was going to close, and he was going to be able to come out and, and just be somebody different. It's been growing, and the guys, it's beautiful to see other men grow because I believe that it takes other OGs. We, back in the day, that's why the OGs stayed in the neighborhood. I tell everybody that a lot of the gangs got messed up when the government took all the OGs and put them all in prison because they were the ones that were actually keeping everything.
0: People in line.
1: Yeah. So it always takes an older man to teach a younger man how to fish. It's necessary. You have to choose, too, who you're going to go hang out with because you become who you hang around with. Another thing. If you're into fitness, get with a group, workout group. If you're into church, go fellowship with some men. It just depends on, on what you want to do.
0: Yeah. We talked about this like identity or reprogramming. I'm curious now that you are who you are, do you see yourself as shedding a skin? Is it that you're evolved? You're the same person with a different armor? Or like, how do you approach this day to day basis where you have this programming that was written? was writing your life for so long. And then now four, seven years ago, all of a sudden that flip switch gets flipped. Like, how do you approach that on a day-to-day kind of basis? Honestly, I wake
1: up and I can't because I get up at two in the morning. I get up and my feet hit the ground and I'm like, I'm happy to be up. I feel that I've evolved so much that I'm a step ahead of most men because I just feel that what I've been through has been the best school I could have went to. And I graduated. I made it out. So every day that I get up, it's like a new day for me. Okay, so what am I going to do today? How am I going to help somebody? Or how am I going to just do my job better? There's always something that needs to be done. And I was just telling you when we were off, to me, success is being able to only work from four in the morning to nine o'clock. And then I come home and I don't do nothing. I'm not here trying to sell, make sales. No, I come home, I lay in the couch, I read, I spend time with my wife. I enjoy being home. After being gone for so many years, running the streets, all that stuff, I truly have peace in my heart. A lot of men think that being busy also is success, and it's not. Success is like many things to many people. Like I said, to me,
0: it's being able to come home and just relax all day. What allows that life, because you talked about this journey, and I'd imagine that there's obviously the experiences that you went through, but then it seems like your day, although it allows for flexibility, you seem pretty disciplined within that. So are there things that you're disciplined to, or they're what I call like no matter what, so kind of the core things that allow for that sort of freedom and flexibility to be possible? In prison, as soon as that door
1: pops, I get out here, I put on my boots, I get dressed, I take all my vitamins, everything. I drink water. I'm out the door. I'm at the gym. I'm training. I'm training my clients. Every hour counts. This is my schedule. (laughs) But every hour counts. Everything counts. Very strict. I have to work out. I have to spend time with my wife. I have to read scripture in the morning. There's just mandatories, man. I always tell people, you got to live like you're in prison, but out
0: here. I think it's helpful to say because so much of my generation, they got off on the the flexibility, right? They woke up late, they slept in, and, and then all of a sudden you go to college and then you start working even from home and there's no one looking over your shoulder. The only person that's keeping you honest is yourself. And so many, myself included, I was a part of this before I got into starting my own business and having kids. You almost defer to that structure because other people gave you that structure you relied on it and all of a sudden you're given this freedom and flexibility and they don't know what to do with it. And so hearing someone like you who brought that structure over from a place because you had to, I think is helpful for people because they're so far away from waking up at two and having every hour of their day dialed in. They wake up when they want to and they work when they want to. and, And I think that can be a detriment at a certain stage in life. They think they're free, but they're really not because it
1: affects them to be able to be on schedule. It's almost like a disease. Be on on a schedule, be on time. I think today's society look at all that stuff as too many rules, too much structure, and they're wrong because it's the number one program that's worked since day one. Structure, discipline, consistency, it's the key things to success. And I was telling my wife this the other day. A lot of guys like me go to prison. They spend a lot of time in prison reading books like that, my philosophy and all kinds of stuff. But we get home and we have no life experience. We have no, hey, you need to pay the rent. We're going to break up. It's not working out. We have no life experience. That's why a lot of guys like me end up going back or or drinking, doing drugs, stuff like that, because we're not involved with being out here. So I had to learn all that stuff. There was key things that I had to eliminate that were good for me and things that I knew
0: that I needed to keep to be able to stay ahead of the game out here. It's like this constant evolution that I don't know. I think it was necessary always, but it somehow skipped a generation. And for some reason, kids my age or men my age now, but when we were kids, we thought that hard things were bad that hard things weren't, that if something was hard, it meant that you weren't good enough or that all of a sudden you're self-worth. And so we shied away from all these challenges. And you being in this OG role, if you will, like when you look at our generation, either what frustrates you or what pisses you off or what are the things that like you wish you could convey to someone that you feel like perhaps just not seeing? Honestly, times change and we can't sit here and say,
1: oh, in my time, what we have to do is teach you to be able to, for you to evolve the right way. I remember my grandfather telling me, oh, in my time, we never called in sick, and now I understand what he meant because I can't compare myself to the generation from today because I didn't grow up with a smartphone. I didn't grow up looking into a computer. I didn't do none of that stuff. I was out playing real games. <laughs> yeah, I was outside, I was outside, so I can't. Put myself in their shoes, but what I could do is make myself available to teach them, to guide them, to mentor them. And that's my biggest thing is that I'm no one to judge nobody. And that's one of my key things now. It's why I try to volunteer as much as I can, talk at schools, places. And if there's somebody serious there that wants to get serious, then I mentor them. And I'm strict, man. If I tell you that this needs to be done, this needs to be read, I right away whether out <laughs> if you're going to do it or not. And it, it happens pretty fast, man. But everybody has their own moment where they're going to grow. It took me 45 years. What am I going to say?
0: One thing that life has done to all of us is created these situations for growth, these opportunities for growth. I've likened it like the world is really being squeezed right now, and there's a lot of crazy shit happening in the world. But then similarly, you see this conflict or you see this turmoil happening in people's lives too. Just relationships that you thought would never end go in South. People that you thought were on the up and up just crashing and burning as an end, all these sorts of things. And I empathize with people because it can look hard out there, right? You turn on the news and it's, everything is ending. But then there are these examples of models, people like you or our, our mutual friend, Nate, people who have found a way, and I'm sure things are not perfect, but when you look at keeping those things separate or having a thriving life or business career, whatever it is, still thriving amidst all of this other craziness that people can get wrapped up in. Is that something intentional that you do or are you so dialed into what what you're doing that you don't have time for other stuff? Like, How are you able to separate some of the chaos or prevent it from creeping into your own life?
1: Bad stuff has always been happening. The only thing now is that it's so fast because of all the social media and technology. Now it's faster. But... There's a lot of things that I tell people diet is everything that you put into yourself, man. Even what you watch on TV, what you listen to, everything that you put into your body is diet. I, I don't watch the news. I don't watch TV. I watch movies with my wife, but we don't watch events. I'm in bed by 7 o'clock, so like, <laughs> I'm done for the day. So to live in such a way that it, it's peace is forced on me. And I live in a peaceful environment. I'm so dialed in that it just, I don't know, man. I don't even know how to explain it. But that's because of years of just doing the same thing every day for the past seven years. I've gotten up at the same time. I've ate the same thing sometimes it's all
0: dialed in. That diet thing is a really big thing that I don't think enough people give a lot of credit to. Obviously, people are waking up to more and more people are waking up to the food that they put in, but the information and the people that they consume, and the books and all those sorts of things. You mentioned reading a lot. Obviously, the Bible, it seems like something that had a big impact on you. Are there other books or people that seem to have a more profound or resonant impact on who you are today as a man? My wife has to take a lot of that credit. <laughs> She's been a big teacher and mentor in my life because
1: she taught me about forgiveness. She taught me about love and hands-on training because I'm not going to lie, man. I was a psychopath. I had a lot of anger issues and just I was always ready to go. And she sat there and gave me unconditional love and just tried to understand me. And it was a big part of my transformation. Me wanting to actually, all right, let me see if this God is really real because I see it in my wife. I want it too now. She was a big mentor, John Humphrey. He was my first college professor that disciples me to this day. He was a cop for 30 years and now he's a teacher. I took my first college course with him and he's been a great friend to him and I've surrounded myself with different people. And I have to believe that once you start doing that, you start seeing that you could actually be somebody different. It's not that I feel that I'm, I'm better than my guys in my neighborhood. No, I'm far from that. You know, Nothing, I've learned that I'm,
0: I'm a little bit smarter than what I thought. I like to use that now in, in a good way. A few steps ahead, maybe awareness, right? I think it's so important. Some of my cousins and some of the people that got wrapped up in the wrong path, they just diverted their energy and attention and their focus to something else, how different their life would have been. Because it's not that they weren't capable or worth it or intelligent, they, they had all of the skills and it was it was a matter of awareness, maybe your choice, and, and being willing to step outside of, of the environment. I'm so grateful that my parents made that decision for me, essentially, because I can only imagine the, the pressure of being able to basically ostracize yourself from, your family, your community, your neighborhood, and to do something that's so different from what everybody else is doing. I wanted to commend you for that. You're on a mission right now, Wrong to Strong, which I think is just has a really cool, you guys are just doing cool stuff, and I don't want to blow it by getting it wrong. So talk about what's that been like, go back as far as you think is relevant, and share what you guys are up to now.
1: When Wrong to Strong first started, it was more for me. I was on a whole different path. I was on this whole fitness journey and I was power competing in powerlifting. And it was about my ego, me making money. It was something completely different. And as I evolved and started changing, Wrong Strong started changing too. And and we started going into the prisons. We started going into second chance programs, colleges, and just sharing my story and Talking about fitness and we just got approved to have a classroom at the women's prison here in Arizona at Perryville Prison where I'll be giving a class on a regular basis about fitness and training these women on how to become personal trainers. And it's gonna be it's gonna be my ministry. I've always had a soft heart for people in prison, obviously because I spend so much time in prison, but I go to a lot of places. I go to the rehabs. I connect with a lot of people just because I've been there, man. I've been the drug addict. I've had mental issues. I've been homeless. I'm just trying to share my story with whoever listens. And I volunteer a lot. Homeless shelter, the Dream Center. I'm going to the Hope Center this Wednesday. The Victorious Living Magazine just did an article about my life. They did just the whole thing about my life and what I'm doing right now. And if you would have asked me, even five years ago, if I would have ever thought that I would be doing this, I would have never thought because my whole goal was to get rich, make money off my story, make money off me telling it or the movies or this, that. It wasn't volunteer work, it wasn't giving it away. It wasn't what it is now. But I am so grateful that. God is using me in the way that He's using me because this is true fulfillment for me. My heart, I come to realize that it's not about the money. I've had the money and and it's about so many other things, man. So that's why I tell these young guys, man, just, just put your head down, work, study, love your parents, enjoy them while they're still here. So many small things that we miss now because we live in such a fast life. And it would just be really cool if a lot of these young men actually slowed down and and
0: started setting an example. For sure. They need it. Men are really suffering mentally. And I think that you are one of the models that people can look to because so many of my generation is quick to make excuses or point to circumstances. And I think you've really gotten rid of all those. So is there a way that the guys or the listeners can support wrong to strong now obviously you're a great follow on instagram so go get connected there but is there anywhere else to go and and just get involved with the movement
1: if you uh, google wrong to strong you'll actually see our, our GoFundMe there uh you'll see our, uh pretty much everything the book that's on amazon it's the easiest way just google wrong to strong and, and all the uh the stuff will, will pull up
0: jc hopefully i can call you that now hopefully we can call each other friends real soon but I appreciate the time and I'm honored that you would take the time given what you're doing for yourself personally and then also what you're bringing to the community. So, fellas, we appreciate you sticking around today. If you got any value out of today, we'd love a, a rating or review wherever you get your podcast. And we ask this every time, but especially today, there's probably a guy who needs to hear this. Send this to them and uh, let them know you're thinking about them and uh, go get connected with, with JC and Ron Strong. And we'll see you on the next one. Later, fellas.